Welcome to the Altruism Unplugged podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Walsh. Welcome to another episode of the Altruism Unplugged podcast. This episode highlights the City Surf Project, a San Francisco-based nonprofit that provides equitable access to the ocean through the sport of surfing. They're a surf empowerment organization whose mission is to provide underserved youth in the Bay Area valuable skills both in and out of the water. Our guest today, representing City Surf Project, we have their operations manager, Meg Hannibit. Welcome to the show, Meg. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're stoked. We also have to introduce our co-host for today, Ryan Palermo. He has been a large part of the podcast since its inception, has played a cru- crucial role in crafting the show's character and style. Having grown up on the shores of LBI, he has a tremendous passion for the sport of surfing, and we're stoked to have you on as well, my brother. Happy to be here, man. Yes, sir. Cool. Um, so, Meg, uh, first thing that we wanted to do is just maybe ask you a little bit about how the City Surf Project got started, um, you know, from from the beginning. So, um, you know, who founded the company or, or the nonprofit um, and, you know, how it's taken off since then? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the City Surf Project was founded in 2015 um, by our executive director, Johnny Irwin. So at the time, Johnny was a high school teacher. Um, he was uh, working for Leadership High School, which is... Um, our original partner and a, a, a school partner that we still work with here today. And he was teaching every day in the classroom and um, just decided one day he was going to take his, his class out for a field trip. They were going to go out to the beach. And he realized that a lot of the, the students in his class didn't hadn't ever been to the beach before or hadn't ever experienced surfing before. And so, you know, he, he grew up here in San Francisco, born and raised and, and surfed, surfed the beach here his whole life and, and also down in Southern California. And he just went, we need to change this. And so, so he took, he took his class out, out to the beach for a field trip and he just saw what an incredible impact that made on the students as as humans and as teenagers, but but also as students in the classroom, like motivation skyrocketed, um, you know, self-confidence really skyrocketed. And he just, he saw that kind of firsthand impact of, of being close to the ocean and, and being in the ocean. And he just went, we need to, we need to make this, this a thing. We need to make this happen more often. So he and um, his be- childhood best friend, uh, Hunter Childs, they had grown up surfing together. And so that year, Johnny left his job and started the City Surf Project. And that was that was 2015 um, with with Leadership High School. And since then, we've grown. And so now we're in our sixth year of operation. And we've grown to we serve um, five student five uh, schools consistently every year. And and we also partner with community based organizations. And to date, we've We've exposed over 2,000 um, students to, to the ocean and to the sport of surfing. Yeah, that's wonderful. And how far was, I'm sorry, how far is Leadership High School from the ocean? Yeah. It, so if you know anything about San Francisco geography, it's kind of shaped like a hand. And so, you know, it, we're, we're surrounded by water, right? We're, we're a peninsula that is surrounded by water. And so in any given direction, anyone in the city is, is less than say three miles to any body of water and to the ocean itself. 
everybody's less than about seven miles to the ocean, um, to Ocean Beach. And so Leadership High School is pretty much smack dab in the middle of the city. So about three and a half miles um, out there. Yes, that's pretty wild to think that those students that are right there, three miles away from the beach, have never been there before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, I think that there's a sense of you're surrounded by water and you kind of know that there's water all around you, perhaps, you know, if, if you are interested in geography and kind of seeing that. Um, but once you think about kind of some of the structural inequities that happen in, in cities and urban areas, transportation becomes an issue getting there, certainly like representation at the beach is an issue. And so, um, you know, people may or may not have ever either felt the need or felt the um, ability or the ease of being able to get out to the ocean. And so um, there's a lot of barriers to overcome, even in a city that is seven miles by seven miles and and in order to to get youth out to the ocean. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a pretty wild jump to see that Hunter and Johnny, you know, grow up surfing together. You know, Johnny was a school teacher and he just completely up and left the job to try to start this city surf project that had no backing. He was probably, you know, had a bunch of insecurities himself about doing it. And I think it's a great story to be able to portray to the kids as well that, Hey, like I've been there before and I've had to take this leap of faith, just like they're about to take their leap of faith when they jump on the wave for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody's, you know, kind of got their own story and their own various challenges and leaps of faith, as you say, and, and that that stand in their way. But surfing is definitely a way to kind of face those face those challenges and, and overcome various fears and, and various obstacles. And, and, you know, I can definitely say personally that um, whether the wave that you're surfing is is a few feet or, you know, a lot of feet, <laughs> um, that that confidence boost just from like being out there and doing something scary and doing something hard definitely um, can help you over overcome challenges, you know, back at home or back in school, whether it's, you know, applying for a job or applying for, you know, college or, or taking a really hard test or facing, you know, some kind of really difficult social situation or a difficult situation at home. Um, you know, we definitely believe that, that the resiliency skills that one can get from surfing can help and, and spread to all other facets of life for sure. Yeah. It, uh, it definitely seems like you guys are teaching way more than just surfing. You know, it's, yeah, the, the kids are learning the sport of surfing, but they're learning so much more than that. Yeah, we certainly hope so. <laughs> that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what we're aiming for. And, you know, I, I think we'll definitely take credit in, in um, helping to connect and, and to make that access, you know, um, achievable and and accessible for our youth but but mother nature and and the sport of surfing does does so much you know on their own so um and and the kids in particular have to have to be able to and willing to say yes to to come out and give it a try too so yeah it's it's a real honor it's a real privilege to be able to to share this sport that has affected us all in so many ways with with other with other youth yeah. So speaking about sharing some experiences, what are some of your favorite experiences that you've had with some kids getting in the ocean for the first time? You know, I think, I think just seeing the joy on the face of, of a student who may or may not have ever been in the ocean before, like seeing the smiles, seeing the, um, just kind of maybe the tension that, you know, because there is, I think for a lot of us, like, 
you know, when you're trying something for the first time, there is a lot of anxiety, right? Like coming in and like, Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know about putting this wetsuit on. I don't know. I hear this, this water's real cold. Like, um, I don't know, like, you know, it looks kind of windy or it looks like the waves are real big. Right. And so like, you can kind of see some of that with, with the youth coming in to, to a program, like, you know, some of that kind of like tension and like that un- uncertainty. And then it's like, as soon as you get into the water, you kind of just see that like melt away, right? It's like, as soon as you see a kid just like catch their first wave or, you know, like ride a a belly wave, like into the shore. And it's just like, all that just kind of like melts away, like whatever they came into, to the day, um, carrying and holding. And a lot of these kids are coming in and holding and carrying a lot of things. And, um, you know, for a moment or for an instant, like you just, you see those smiles on their faces and it's just, you know, it's, it's contagious. Absolutely. And really rewarding. Yeah, definitely. When I'm surfing, that's the only place where I'm at. There's very few places on earth that when I'm there, that's the only place I am. And surfing is absolutely one of them. I love it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a real sensory experience, right? It's like, it's like, there's the sound of the ocean, there's the color of the, of the sky and of the sea. And you know, there's the sound of like the birds and like the smell of the salts. It's just it's like sensory, almost in some ways overload. So it's like, it's, it's hard to be anywhere else besides, besides right there. So for sure. Yeah, we definitely live in, in a very crazy and we all live these crazy, busy lifestyles, you know, and for me, the minute I get into the water, I no longer think about my lengthy to-do list for work or, you know, for the things I need to do outside of work that are constantly during the day running through my head and, and, you know, you get into the water and, and it kind of just all washes away. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that sense of kind of escape and, and, you know, just putting whatever the stressors are of daily life aside, it's really important for everybody to be able to experience that. And then, you know, I think it's also worth mentioning that for a lot of our kids, and I can speak to this as well, that like, surfing and being out in the ocean can be a form of escape to to some degree, which, you know, to some, a certain degree is healthy, but it's also, you know, and I'm going to borrow words from, um, her name's Olivia Van Dam. She was in my position before I was in my position. Um, and she says, you know, going out into the ocean and, and paddling into the waves is also a way of facing, right. It's also a way of like facing challenges and things that are really hard and, and working through them. And I think that that, is just as important, right? Like the, the escape and kind of like the letting go and the washing away is great. And like that kind of like learning to face a challenge and fight through it is a really, really important life lesson too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and talking about you taking over the position, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started with, with city surf project? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how far back you want to go. I would just say that. Go back, um, go back as far as you want. <laughs> so um, I, I love hearing people's stories. It's a huge part of what we're doing here. And, and you know, we're also trying to learn about other people and what their sure. interests are and where they came from. So totally, totally. Have well, at it. Um, you know, to kind of bring our connection full circle, I grew up on the shores of, of, of Delaware, the Delaware beaches. You don't call it the Delaware shore. That's the Jersey shore and the Delaware <laughs> beaches, as you all know. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Delaware, um, born and raised and, and started surfing there when I was young. I was, I was fortunate to, to get started, um, when I was about 12 or 13. I, I, so I lived in Dover, Delaware and, um, 
and lived next to some boys. So there, it was me and, and the four neighbor boys and all their friends. And um, we were about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes away from the beach. And anytime they, you know, picked up and went surfing, I was like, I want to come, like, let me tag, let me tag along, you know? And, and so a lot of my childhood was spent, um, either chasing, you know, paddling out behind them or, you know, paddling out with them and, and just kind of forging my way with them, learning how to surf alongside of them. Um, I didn't know another female surfer until I was in my twenties. So 10 years into my surfing career that, that it took me to find another, another female surfer. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I got started when I was really young. And, and then as I went to college, you know, I, I, um, studied my graduate school degrees in education. And so I started, um, I was a teacher right out of, right out of grad school. I've actually moved to San Diego. One of my best college friends was living in San Diego. And so we ended up down, I ended up down there with her because I just was really drawn to like the sunshine and the, you know, warm weather and the California vibes. My brother had also moved to LA as well. Um, and you so still surf- surfing all the way through San Diego? Were you surfing out there the whole time? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's there's East Coast surf and then there's San Diego surf, and it's <laughs> and like that's kind of where like my real surfing career began, right? Um, where were you surfing out there while you were in San Diego? In San Diego, so I was uh, living in Pacific Beach, and so surfed uh, surfed some spots there pretty regularly, um, and then in La Jolla, I was working in La Jolla, and so there's just a ton of you know breaks up and down, up and down the coast. I mean, it's just it's all it's all real good. So you know, like Ocean Beach, or you know, even like the pier sometimes is great in PB, and um, you know, there's. Yeah, lot, lots of different places along that shoreline there that are just incredible. Um, and yeah, so taught there. I was I was teaching middle school um, at a small little private school there for a couple years, and then um, after that, I left. I I went to Central America to teach for a few years. I lived there, lived in Guatemala, um, small little town in the south coast of of Guatemala. I was a teacher there for three years. Um, and when I was in what San Diego, was the I met- inspiration, what was the inspiration behind your Central America trip? Um, you know, <laughs> actually another, another kind of small world connection is, um, so it was pretty random. I had left my job, um, in San Diego for various reasons, um, and was kind of just waiting and looking for the next thing. Like what's, what's kind of the next gig going to be. And, um, a friend from University of Delaware um, had been in Guatemala. He was there doing um, a housing project, which was um, what's the like real famous uh, nonprofit Habitat for, Habitat for Humanity. Yes, thank you. Um, and he had met up with this school director. His name is um, Robert Elzer, South Philly, born and raised. Um, and, <laughs> and he was, at the time, he was the head of school for Colegio Americano del Sur, um, which is the um, bilingual uh, American school in the south coast of Guatemala. And um, my friend put Robert and I together, hooked us up, and, and he and I talked. We shared the love of Philly. We shared the love of the birds. And, uh, you know, he just immediately was like, come down. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna make this work, come down, teach, we need, you know, an elementary school teacher. And um, 
so yeah, kind of like three months later, I was on a plane and, and, and heading down that way. And, um, yeah, I had actually met my now fiance, uh, in San Diego just about six months prior. And, um, yeah, went to Guatemala and, um, Stephen ended up coming down with me a few years later, we, or a few months later, and then we were there for three years teaching and, and living abroad. Um, but then, you know, at the end of that time that I was there, that we were there, I started to really realize, like, you know, I'm, I'm here and I'm trying to make an impact, right? Like, that's the goal. However, I don't really have any personal ties to, to this place that I am, like other than like, you know, deep friendships that we had formed. But like, I was thinking if I really want to make an impact, I need to go home, right? I need to go back to the United States. Like if I, if I want to make a real difference, like it's important for me to be in a place that I'm from and that, you know, that I'm not trying to um, make big changes in a place that, that. I have little to no connection to because, you know, that the change and the voices of change should come from within the community. Right. And so I came back to the United States. Um, that was 2015. I did do a little bit of traveling during that time. Um, and yeah, I came back to the States. Um, we did kind of the bi-coastal thing. We spent, um, a year or we would spend the summers in Delaware on the Delaware seashore and in Fenwick Island. And then we would come back to Palm Springs, Palm Desert, which is where uh, my fiance is from. And um, we would do that for the winter. We did that for three years. And then this is a really long roundabout story. I apologize, but, but that's, no, that's great. I want to learn about life. all your experiences and where you've gone and where you came. That's yeah, where you it's came life, from. Right? That's, I love it. that's, that's how life goes. So um, it's, it's definitely not been linear, but um yeah, so so we had been doing kind of the bi-coastal thing for a few years. And then my teaching partner in San Diego said, you know, I'm looking for a teaching partner in San Francisco. And um, so I had been kind of thinking I needed to, I was ready to get, get back into education, came here, started teaching. I was there for about six months, um, needed to leave for, for personal mental health reasons, which is a similar reason why I left San Diego. And we'll, we'll talk, you know, I think probably a little bit more about that down the road here today, but, um, you know, after six months of, of being here, we had landed, we had found an incredible apartment and, and we just, and Stephen had gotten a job here. He's a school counselor at, um, in one of the middle schools in the public school district here. And, um, we just went, we, we got to find a way to stay. And, um, so I was working in the schools as a, as a yoga instructor for a few years and then didn't really, and I wonder if you guys can relate to this, like throughout all of these different journeys, like at some points I was surfing at some points I was not, I landed here in San Francisco in 2017 and I didn't really get in the ocean. I didn't start surfing until, um, 2019 August of 2019 because the water's cold right like the water's really <laughs> cold here like I don't know if you hear about OB but like you know there's this like reputation and it's real of like you know OB gets really big the waves are really powerful it's a class five river I've heard some people describe it the way that like Sacramento like river mouth like comes out from underneath of the Golden Gate and then like the currents that come down the shore and so like you hear tidbits of this and you're kind of like Mm, mm -mm, I'm not going to surf there. Right. <laughs> like, and I've been surfing for 20 years at that point. I was like, mm, I don't know. But then in 2019, 
I came back home. I came to Delaware and a friend of mine, um, her name is Laurel. She has a business down in Delaware. And she said, you know, I'm going to get a group of women together to surf. We're going to do this like women's surfing happy hour thing. And, and, um, it was the first time that I had been in the water in probably over a year. And I just went, Oh my gosh, like I miss this. I miss the community. I miss being in the water. I miss the sport. Like this is the piece that's been missing for me in my life. And so I just immediately got online. I had been following City Surf Project on Instagram for a little while. And um, when I went to their website, they were hiring. They were hiring for this position. And um, I just kind of went and I got chills. It was just one of those moments where it's just like, oh, this is like a little too perfect, like to pass up. So I applied and a couple months later, um, I was the operations manager for, for City Surf Project. That was November of 2019. And y'all know that three and a half months later, COVID-19 hits, right? And so, uh, and so I, I, it's not a terribly funny joke, but I always joke that I've, I onboarded with City Surf throughout a global pandemic, which just was um, a challenge in and of itself. But um, it's been it's been really beautiful. And, um, you know, I've been really thankful to have this community and to have this job to, to keep me grounded throughout this time. I've been really fortunate in that way. And, and you know, it's we're like a family. We aren't a huge organization. There's, you know, six of us that work full time. There's, you know, probably 15 of us that are that are paid employees. And, we've, we've experienced a lot together in the last year and a half. And everybody, you know, everybody has experienced so much in the last year and a half, but I've been really thankful to be a part of it. Yeah. And you mentioned COVID. So it, there were some weird restrictions around here when first COVID first came out, you weren't allowed to surf. People were surfing anyway, of course, it's like kind of the surfers <laughs> mantra, you just kind of do your own thing and, mm -hmm. and, and see what happens with the law. Like, how did you guys pivot through COVID? Totally. Yeah. Well, um, I can, I can remember it pretty clearly because I think actually San Francisco was one of the first, if not the first city to, to go into the shelter in place ordinance. And, um, we all just kind of went, okay. Like we were all in the office when the, when the announcement came out and we were, we just, you know, I think everybody can probably remember something about that moment, but, you know, I just remember us all just kind of quickly trying to pivot. And then the next week we were all home, of course, and, and discussing like, what do we do? How do we, how do we handle this? And so right off the bat, um, you know, so I guess prior to COVID, it's important for you to know that we were running five days a week of programming Monday through Friday, every day we were getting, you know, various schools out into the water, sometimes on the weekends too. Um, so I think two weeks after the shelter in place ordinance was announced, we um, went completely online and so we um, started offering, you know, like mindful movement courses that were like related to the ocean. We started doing just like kind of community check-ins. Then we'd like watch surf videos together. Like, hey, how you doing? What, you know, is there anything that you need in terms of, you know, what, what are your basic needs being met? Essentially, just like, like just checking in on the youth in our program and, um, you know, that lasted, we, we also started doing, um, we called them, you know, Friday night, Aloha Fridays. And so that was for students in our community and the greater community. We would, we would all get together every Friday night and just watch surf videos together and, um, just kind of respond in a way that was like, okay, like our program is about community. Our program is about surfing and our program is about like mental, emotional, physical health. And so how can we kind of hold on 
to those core values online. And so, you know, we responded that way in that was um, in March. And so March, April, May, we, we hosted a lot of those different online programs. But we kind of had to take a hard look at ourselves and just go, you know, yes, this is, um, this is great that we're trying to do this online. But like, really the impact is being in the ocean, being outside, right? Like being in nature. And, you know, we were noticing that as individuals, we kind of, you know, individuals that were working, like we did the same thing that you just said, right? Like we were like, well, we're just, we're going to surf. Like they're not telling us we can't surf. It'll be, they're not telling us we can't go out and surf. So we're, we're going to do it because we know that that matters so much to us. And so we went, but if we're going to do this for ourselves, we need to be offering this to our youth too. And um, luckily, our mayor, um, Mayor Breed, came out in in June of uh, 2020 and said, you know, kind of along the same lines, like our our kids' mental, emotional, physical health is of utmost importance throughout this whole thing. Do what you can do to to offer summer camp programs, um, and here are some guidelines to do that. And so, in June of 2020, we, um, you know, started offering very small. Um, uh, pod structures. Uh, so it was like three week pod structures. We were taking out eight kids at a time. Um, we purchased a new van because we were limited. Like our biggest limitation was how do we keep students six feet apart when they're in, in the van? Like a big part of our program is, you know, like our headquarters is located in the mission district of San, San Francisco. Like we're in the center of the city. And so like a big part of what we do is like provide that transportation to get out to the beach. Well, with our two vans, we could get like four, maybe five students out to the beach. And so we purchased a new van um, and um, were able to up those numbers to about eight or nine. And so, yeah, starting in the summer, we were we were getting um, three, three days a week. We, we still ran our SILT program. So that's our surf summer instructor leadership training program. Um, so we trained our high school students uh, to be surf instructors. We do that every year. Um, and then we help have them help us uh, with the summer camps that we ran. So we ran three weeks, weeks of summer camp, three weeks of silt training. Um, all of that was, you know, about nine to 10 students in the program. Of course, everybody was wearing masks. Um, so then that was the summer. And then once the school year started back up, you know, we typically, our programs are a part of the school day. So like, you know, kids will take their surfing 101 class with us for PE credit as part of their like school credit, right? Well, because of online learning, we weren't allowed to do that. And so we shifted and started offering programs after school. And so even in like the winter months when like the sun goes down at like five o'clock in the evening, you know, we would get them out there for like 45 minutes to an hour and 15 because it was we were just like, you know, thinking some sunshine, some exposure to nature, some kind of opportunity to get off of the computer and into the water is critical, like even if it's for 45 minutes at a time. Um, and yeah, so since the fall, we've been running four days a week of programming. So Tuesdays through Fridays, um, in the afternoons and those, those, um, pod structures have been, uh, about eight to 10 students in every group. Um, and that's for three weeks at a time. So then that's per, per the city that you can't kind of like mix groups. Oh, we also hired, this is a really important piece of it. Um, you know, we could no longer rely on our volunteer community as, as like our volunteer community is like the, is a big part of our heart and a big part of what we do. But the nature of volunteering is like, 
a lot of people, you know, with jobs can't commit to being there for three weeks in a row. Right. And so what we did is we hired alumni instructors. So not to just prioritize students that were currently in our program, but students who have actually come full circle in our program, actually going back to that leadership high school group, um, that original group, like, you know, Trayvon, one of our, one of our, he's like the original, one of the original students in that group has come full circle and is now an alumni surf instructor. We, you know, did a lot of trainings and we still continue to do a lot of trainings on what it means to be a really effective surf instructor, but like he helps us drive the vans. He helps us teach surfing. He helps us, you know, like with the equipment and all of that. And so we, we had to very quickly expand our surf instructor team from three full-time instructors to, uh, I think now we've got, I think almost 10, um, full and part-time instructors to help just make sure that we have enough human power to run a program safely. Um, but, um, you know, we also think of that as a way to like start to build out and, um, you know, job programs for, for youth, you know, transitional age youth, that age of like 18 to 24, where like, maybe you've just graduated high school, maybe you're starting your first job, you know, or maybe you're, you're applying to colleges and like that age group still needs a lot of, a lot of support. And we think it's really important to, for them to stay connected to community and connected to, um, to surfing. And so, yeah, they've been a really critical piece of us being able to to offer programming this past year. That's uh, to say that you started in a global pandemic. I mean, <laughs> you guys are, but if you, my, my point being is if you can get through this, like you started in one of the hardest times ever. So if you're able to get through this, just think about, you know, the future you guys have ahead of you with maybe hopefully things getting a bit easier for you. Um, yeah, we hope know. so. <laughs> We, we hope so. Knock on wood, it feels like things are, are lightening. Just, you know, just yesterday they announced that some of the restrictions here are lifting in terms of pod structures and what we can offer this summer. And so, yeah, it certainly feels that way. And, um, but yeah, the work still remains. I mean, I think if anything, you know, the youth now, you know, after a year and a half of being completely online for, for school, um, it's, it's that much more important to be able to get, to get as many youth as we can out into the water. Absolutely. And to get those, the youth and the surrounding area children into your programs, you have a few different ways you do that. You do it through the intro to surfing program, surfing 101, and also your silt program. Can you elaborate a little bit more on each one of those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're, you know, and, and we've actually added on to other programs, which I can talk about too, um, in just in the past year, but we kind of think of it as a pathway, right? So, so it starts with us connecting with wellness centers, um, at, at different schools and saying, you know, we are prioritizing working with marginalized communities, underrepresented communities at the coast. Um, we're prioritizing, you know, um, yeah, we're prioritizing female identified surfers, uh, BIPOC surfers, you know, people from the LGBTQ community. Um, we're prioritizing people maybe with mental health or emotional health issues. Um, can you refer somebody to us or can you get them into this class? And so that's where it starts. Um, but the intro to surfing program is actually even before that, it's, um, you know, one day or three day programs 
um, with either community-based organizations. So we've developed a partnership this past year with um, City Youth Now, which is one of is an incredible partner. They are, they work with um, uh, houseless communities, or you know, foster people in foster care, um, or justice-involved youth at at Promise, you know, youth. Um, and so, you know, a partnership with them, or a partnership with like the YMCA, or a partnership with, um, uh, yeah, like just another community-based organization would be to just get students a one or three day exposure to the ocean, right? Like maybe they've never been to the ocean before ever. And so we're just going to take you out for like a day or two days or three days. It's like a field trip essentially, right? And so that can be a school, that can be a community-based organization, that can be referrals. Um, So that's kind of like bare minimum introduction to the ocean and to surfing. Um, The next level of involvement from there would be our Surfing 101 program. And so that's where, you know, we partner with uh, wellness centers, like I said, and, you know, we ask for referrals there from from one of the communities that I mentioned. And, um, and, you know, maybe we get those kids into a class, right? And so this class is for PE credit. And so this class might be a quarter. So it's an entire, you know, nine week program. This course might be half a year. It's an entire semester for one of the programs, one of the schools that we work with, um, Mission High School, it's a full year program. And so, you know, we get students in the fall, we get them in September. And then by the end of the year, you know, like they've been surfing like 30 to 35 times. Um, And there's like a class component to it too, you know, where we talk about, you know, the history of surfing, you know, the roots that, you know, the the indigenous and and roots from Hawaii, you know, we talk about surfing from all kinds of different angles. Um, So it's not just the activity of like getting surf, but like kind of this like, holistic approach of the sport of surfing um so that's our surfing i would go back i would go back to high school right now to take that class (laughs) right absolutely i mean i would go back right now and that's what everybody says right like that's that's what people i think of like our generation like we think about and we're just like like how different would school have been (laughs) for us right like if if if, that was offered (laughs) in in my school it'd be incredible totally totally you know i was playing badminton and like big base kickball (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which you know arguably are fun too but it's not surfing right so. it's not no. i wasn't learning valuable life skills playing pickleball <laughs> in my uh my gym <laughs> um yeah so so that's our surfing 101 program and we do have we do have students who take that year after year if if they're able you know and if it works with their course schedules and and if their school teachers approve it and things like that but we we've got some kids now um this group actually that's going out this afternoon has surfed with us every friday since since before the pandemic (laughs) right and so um we've seen an incredible amount of improvement and we've got, we've got some kids that are out there now and it's, it's just, it's surf sessions, right? It's, it's like a surf club. It's like, how do we just get out there together and surf? So that's, that's been really incredible to watch. I'm sure it Um, creates bonds within the students in your program as well. Right. So they start to become friends and they inspire each other and, you know, totally styles together. Yeah. Yeah. We hope so. We certainly hope so. Um, yeah. So, so that's the surfing 101. Um, and then kind of the next level of that is our silt training that you just, you know, that you mentioned. So our summer instructor leadership training, 
think this is year four, I hope I'm accurate when I say that, of our summer instructor leadership training. And so essentially, it's a training program for people who have been involved in our program in the past. Um, and they, you know, take CPR first aid, they take some water safety, we've actually partnered with um, SF Fire Department to um, do, you know, some like water safety training and some some of that first aid CPR, a couple of our um, instructors and um, have been involved with uh, have been EMTs. And so like we, you know, they get a lot of that really important safety training, um, but then also leadership training, right? So like, what does it mean to be in a power position? You know, what kind of a leader are you? Um, and then so they get that training, it might be, you know, in the past, it's been, you know, they've done like camping trips for one week this year. And last year, it was a three week kind of like hybrid um, training session. And then they take that and they apply that. So then they become the instructors for our surfing camps. And so this year we've got um, six weeks of, of summer camps that we're offering to students, um, youth ages eight to 14. And so our SILTs um, are going to be leading those programs. Um, and what's extra exciting this year about our SILT program is we have a few students who have come through the SILT program multiple times who are now going to be leading the SILT program. They're, they're helping to create the content um, for the SILT training and to help lead it alongside of some of our lead, lead surf instructors. So you know, the theme there has, and definitely the theme of this past year and a half or so has been like creating leaders from within the community, right? So, so the community, community voices leading their community. Um, so yeah, that's our SILT training. And then this past year, we've added on um, two other programs. So I think I mentioned it briefly earlier, but, you know, our alumni program has been really important for us. We've, we've felt like, you know, how can we keep our transitional age youth, so youth that have, you know, maybe aged out of our Surfing 101 programs or our SILT programs, how can we stay involved? Um, our community had a couple really tragic losses last year um, with students who had either been a part of our program or, you know, related to our program. Um, and that fell into this like 18 to 24 year old category. And we just kind of went, we need to do more to stay connected to this age group because that is such a really hard age group. Um, and, you know, when you compound that by, you know, some of the very real um, kind of systemic issues that our brown and black communities are facing, um, we just felt it extra, extra important to stay connected. And so we've been... Um, We've launched our alumni program, which um, at least once a month, if not twice a month, we have an alumni day where if you've participated in our program in the past, you can come out and surf. Um, and then our SALT training, so that's our surf alumni leadership training, um, is that cohort of there's been five surf instructors um, for this past year that we hired and, and trained to be surf instructors for us. And they are, have been helping support and lead our Surfing 101 programs. So the idea is just to bring it all back full circle and, and have folks from within the community leading programs for the community. Yeah. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about just the backgrounds that some of these participants in your program come from, right? Impoverished communities, um, not a lot of extracurricular activity for them outside of their home to keep them busy and out of, um, you know, bad situations. So 
Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the, the types of communities that your kids come from and, and, you know, what it's helping them, I guess, for lack of a better term, kind of get away from. Yeah. So kind of our, our demographic, demographic breakdown of, of, of what we have. Cause I think that that's kind of what we're getting at here. So, um, 40% of our participants come from the Latinx community. We've got about 15% of our participants that come from the black community or the African diaspora. About 12% of our participants come from the AAPI community. Um, and they're all, you know, between the ages of like 14 and 24. Right. And, you know, there are lots of cultural barriers in terms of, you know, kind of keeping students from the beach. There are lots of structural barriers that are that are keeping students from the beach, transportation, um, you know, things that have deep roots and deep history in in you know, even like racial segregation, like there are reasons, like, like structural reasons about like the history of like redlining practices in, in, um, you know, real estate and, and in, in banking and loaning practices that have made it so that, you know, people from these communities and families from these communities are um, either segregated or, or certainly live further away from the coastline. Um, and that can create lots and lots of, of issues within a community, right. And like, and generational issues within a community. I mean, like, we're also talking about, you know, the school to prison pipeline. We're talking about, um, you know, just lack of generational wealth being handed down because of these, some of these like structural inequities that we're talking about. And, that can certainly create poverty, right? That can certainly lead to crime. That can certainly lead to mental, emotional, physical health issues. That can certainly lead to um, high and disproportionate levels of, you know, drug use and and killing um, and and you know murders, you know, um, of entire generations of folks who are who aren't growing up, you know, or who are growing up in a single parent family. So, you know, we're talking about a lot of really big issues, structural issues that are not inherent of those communities in and of themselves, but are inherent um, effects of, of, you know, different structural reasons why some of these things get passed down. Um, and so, yeah, I mean... I can't speak to, and I, and I really, I don't think I'll share, you know, specific stories around what a lot of our kids are facing, but I will say that a lot of our kids are facing really difficult, um, community lives and, and, you know, situations in their schools or situations in their home lives as a result of a lot of these structural inequities. And so, you know, that's a lot of heavy stuff. And that's a lot of stuff that, you know, we may or may not address directly with the kids, but like in our minds and in my mind, you know, they, if anybody deserves to be out on the coast, if anybody deserves to be out in the water and surfing and, and, and loving life in the sunshine, it's these families, it's these kids. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's the work we do. Right. And a lot of people from afar would say, Hey, well, so what's surfing going to do for these people? Like, mm -hmm. how's that all these big, Think you know be these hot button topics that you just spoke of, you know, you're we're gonna go take them surfing. 
Yeah. Right. But great question. You know, yeah. you know, like what's that going to do? But you know, it, it does a lot. Yeah, it does and, a lot, right? Like anybody, anybody who like us, like who have had the um, the privilege and the the experience to be able to be out and surfing, we, you know, it's hard to put words on it, right? But like, it's liberation for me, right? Like it's it's freedom, it's joy, it's it's presence, right? It's these kind of just, it's the ability to connect with something greater than yourself um, out out in the ocean and, and to, to, for a moment, to bring it full circle to, to what we said earlier, you know, to escape the harsh realities that a lot of these kids face in their day-to-day lives um, and to work through some of that stuff too. And so, so yeah, why surfing? We're not, we're not fixing those structural inequities and we don't think that we are, but what we can do is we can help to provide, you know, access to something that brings a lot of joy and a lot of respite and a lot of just, you know, like freedom and momentary peace, I hope. Um, so, right. yeah. And I'm sure from their perspective, too, they're seeing these people who grew up surfing that don't know them, don't come from their communities, but they care. And yeah. they're showing so. you guys are showing that they care by, fo- you know, through follow through and programs all the way up through when they're 25 years old yeah. you know, and offering them an avenue other than whatever they see on a daily basis. Yeah. That's the hope. That's the hope. And and I've got to give a big shout out to to my team. You know, our our program, our program instructors, our our surf instructors are just so, so dedicated. Like, you know, pre-COVID times, they were out there four or five days a week every day. And like, you know, surfing's real fun. Surf instructing's real hard. <laughs> like it's real hard, yeah, on, yeah. hard on the body, you know, like it's it's draining. And so I gotta give a big shout out to to, you know, like our lead guides and our, and our alumni surf team for just the dedication. And because I think you're right, like, yeah, surfing is great, but like knowing that you have consistent and dedicated adults, um, that you can kind of lean on and, and count on to just like be there. Like there's, I think that, you know, that's, it's really important. Yeah. Um, you know, just having people who care in your life is, is a huge, huge thing. So, um, just to talk a little bit about, uh, and bring it back to your guys' core beliefs and stuff. Um, you know, appreciation for nature is one that struck me big time, which, um, you know, you guys stress that very, very much so in, in your program. Um, are there any specific things that you guys do with, with your participants, um, to help them see the benefits of keeping the beaches clean, keeping the oceans clean? Is it a focus on recycling or water quality? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, it's so when we have our classes, right? Like when we have our classes in the in schools, like we definitely hit the like environmental impact piece. Um, we really strongly believe that just connecting youth and communities to the ocean and to like blue and green spaces really helps to just develop that like love and that appreciation and that like want to take care of, of the earth and of, of mother nature. Right. And so like, I think that that is inherently a part of why we do what we do because surfing is great. The ocean is great. Like, you know, but knowing that you're connected to the ocean will help to create a sense of like 
responsibility, a sense of connection, a sense of wanting to take care and wanting to nurture. Um, yeah, mother nature. So, you know, I think that that's a really important piece of it to, to name. Um, certainly we bring up the importance of like picking up trash. So, you know, like sometimes if we have, you know, like a couple extra minutes of program, like, all right, you know, uh, before we go, like everybody go run and pick up a couple pieces of trash, you know, before we go or, or ma- you know, emphasizing that like, you know, to leave a place cleaner than when you found it is everybody's responsibility. However, being that a lot of our kids are not a part necessarily yet of the community that very often frequents the beach, there is kind of this like inherent power dynamic and kind of like a weird um, tension between asking these kids to pick up other people's trash, right? And so we kind of try and walk that line really mindfully and really thoughtfully around like, so how can we instill the like bigger value in our community? Because we, like I mentioned, we have an incredible volunteer base. We have an incredible, like incredible partnerships with other CBO organizations, you know, like Sea Huggers or Treat, uh, yeah, sea, sea Trees, excuse me, here in San Francisco or, or you know, like the Surfrider Foundation. So like, how can we all, at our volunteer trainings, at our at our events, you know, at our surfathon, like what we've got coming up in June, like how can we all make sure that we're taking care of the environment? Because there is kind of this weird power dynamic of being like, oh, we're going to take a bunch of you know, like kids from impoverished communities and and take them to the beach and ask them to pick up other people's trash. It's like so it's it's a fine line that we try to be really intentional about. Um, how are we going to handle that? Um, that being said it is really important to pick up your own trash, right? Like we, we emphasize like taking care of yourself, you know, how can, what are some like little ways that you can like clip the, what are the like six pack? Um, I don't know what the name is, it, but like if you get it like a six pack like of soda beer, rings. like the soda rings, like you can like cut yeah. those before you throw them away, right? To make sure that like turtles and birds don't get stuck in them, right? Like little tips and things like that, um, that go a really long way. But like, you know, at the at the end of the day, our hope is that, you know, these, these youth that are eventually going to be adults who are consumers, who are leaders, you know, in their organizations, like will have this like inherent value of, you know, I spend a lot of time at the ocean and therefore I have a responsibility to keep the ocean in mind when I make decisions as an adult. Right. Um, because let's get real, like, it's not really the kids that are like trashing the environment right now. (laughs) So yeah, it's cool. When I was doing some of the research for the podcast, I listened to Johnny tell a story that was kind of like a proud dad moment where he was getting ready to go surfing with some of the kids. He was fooling around with one of his cameras and I guess maybe a couple kids or, or a few people walked by and, and threw some trash on the ground and someone from your program actually said, hey, like, hey, you don't mind like picking that trash up. So he said that was kind of a good, you know, little teardrop moment for him that made totally. him super proud that it's working. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's our hope. Definitely. So you have a few other core beliefs um, that include healthy living, personal growth and equity in surf. And um, we'd love to hear about some of those too. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about equity in surfing. So, um, but, you know, just to emphasize that again, like, I think that's just like at the core of why this program exists and, and the work that we do. Um, yeah, so personal growth and responsibility, you know, just the notion of, we talked about it earlier, right? Like going out and doing something really hard, facing a fear, 
right? And so, you know, at the beginnings and ends of our programs, we have opening and closing circles where, you know, we might ask a question like, what's something really hard that you're like, sitting with or, or, you know, working through. And it might be some of those things that we mentioned, whether it's, you know, applying to college or applying for a job or, you know, um, a really hard test, starting a podcast, totally, (laughs) Um, you know, training jujitsu, right? Like whatever the thing is, that's like, that's really hard, that all of that is welcome. And like, let's name that right? Let's name it on the beach. And then like, let's paddle out today and paddle through some like some surf and some wind and some chop. Because I think it's worth mentioning, like we aren't just out there on the really sunny breezy days, like we take a lot of pictures on those real sunny days. But like, we're out there in like January. I mean, like today, it's like howling northwest winds. It's like all on shore. It's blowing like 25 miles an hour out there. We're going out. Right. Because like life and and surf are not all crisp, beautiful, breezy, easy days. And so we go out rain or shine. um, And, you know, we think that there is a life lesson in that. Right. Like you, you go out, you work hard, even on the days that you don't want to because it's cold and because it's gray and because it's like the wind, like the rain is coming in sideways. Right. Nobody wants to be out in the water. We're out in the water. And, you know, like that to some might sound masochistic and that's okay, but it's, you know, it's, we think that that goes a long way in terms of like, you know, thinking about personal growth and how do we work hard through things? Um, and, and how do we take responsibility for, um, ourselves and, and our actions? Um, and yeah. And I think it's also worth naming that our, our instructors are also, trauma-informed and take a lot of like, you know, DEI trainings and, and cultural relevancy trainings to kind of balance that, um, that notion, because on those days when it's windy and rainy and cold, it's also extra scary, right? That's an extra barrier for people trying to get in the water. So, you know, kind of walking that line and is, is really important and something that we're always trying to navigate together. But, um, so Yeah. Um, and then I think the other one that we haven't really touched on, but like healthy, authentic living. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about like mental, emotional, physical health and, you know, just the notion of like being active and, and moving your body, you know, whether it's through surfing or through, you know, running on the beach or through, you know, just, just being physically active when we can, um, goes a long way in, in, promoting mental and emotional health as well. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think as a team, we've really spent the last at least year and a half that I've been here, um, focusing on making sure that not just are we communicating these values and sharing these values with our youth, but that we ourselves as the, you know, core team that's kind of leading this are also embodying these values ourselves too. And so it's something that we're, we're always working toward. Definitely have to practice what you <laughs> preach and, and set a good example. So. And some days, you know, some days we fall short, right? All of us do. Some days we fall short, but you, we try again, right? And we get better and we do it again. And, and kind of having these pillars really helps to ground our organization and, and kind of give us something to, to aim for. Um, in ourselves and in what we share in our program. Yeah. So you you talked about healthy living and that you were a yoga instructor in your past. Has you implemented any of that stuff into the program? I know like breathing exercises are super important when it comes to yoga and um, 
Have you shared that at all? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I guess I, it's worth mentioning that my role is really behind the scenes. And so, um, you know, we do every every Monday we have a staff meeting um, and there are like six or seven of us on the call. And we have at the very beginning, we've got what's called a mindful moment at the beginning. And so we rotate who leads that every week. And um, so it's an opportunity for us to, to practice leading mindfulness, breathing exercises, um, you know, to, to also explore like what helps us to feel really good. And like, what, like, let's also name how we're feeling if we aren't feeling good, because that's okay too. That's a part of it. And so, you know, to the point of kind of starting with us, right. Like, and, and then sharing that with others, that's how we start every single morning, morning meeting, like on Monday at 1030, you know, Pacific time and 1.30 Eastern time, like you can guarantee that that's what Team City Surf Project is doing to start the week off that way. And then, yeah, like we take that out into into our um, programs as well. So in our opening circles, some sort of like mindfulness, some sort of movement. Um, we actually had a really cool last year um, in May. So we were entirely online. Um, Cassia Metter, so professional longboard surfer, she, um, you know, was one of my childhood uh, surf heroes growing up. Um, and she now runs uh, Cassia Surf, um, which is, you know, a surf, uh, surfwear surf program, but also does like mindfulness retreats and things like that. Um, she came on, she did a two hour sound bath, um, with the youth from our program, like, and, and it was like related to, you know, the ocean and, and sound waves and ocean waves and, and, you know, talking about kind of these mindfulness practices that somebody can do, um, to help ground and take care of mental and emotional health. Um, yeah, even even during a global pandemic. So um, yeah, you know, we we share those um, we share those practices uh, with the youth when we when we get an opportunity to. We also you know try to be really mindful of the fact that like yoga is a practice that comes from a land that that we are not a part of, and and it's important for us to pay homage to that and to really understand what it is that we're sharing when we share it. But you know, meditation, breathing, all of the like movement practices, those are those are things that everybody can benefit from. And so, just trying to find the way that makes the most sense for us as as teachers and leaders and and individuals um, to share is a constant constant thing we're trying to navigate together. Yeah, it's, believe it or not, that's actually something we pass on to a lot of our fighters and cool. our jujitsu practitioners too. And cool. sometimes it's hard to get them to do it. Like, wait, totally. you want to breathe? Like, what what are we doing here? Like, I'm trying to right. learn the skill, but you know, we Absolutely. explain the importance to them. They start to do it and gradually put it into their practice, and then they they come back for more. Like, hey, I want to do this more. Like, what else can I do? And it's something we always do with our fighters. Yeah, that's great, and it's it is. It's I love that you bring that up because it's like. Um, my my fiance uh, grew up practicing martial arts as well. And like, we talk about how like, you know, it's not just the yoga meditation community that like breathing comes from, like it's in martial arts, definitely, you know, dancers, you know, weightlifters, like, you know, like, like we need to breathe <laughs> and, and we are so much better, um, you know, at the things that we do when we can bring attention and awareness to our breath. So that's so cool. I love that you guys are doing that. Absolutely. Hey, congratulations on your engagement as well. I just got Thank engaged you. this past weekend. So congratulations. Awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Of course, I did it at the beach. Ah, nice. <laughs> Surfboard was involved. Cool. Very cool. What beach? 
uh, down at 55th Street in Ocean City. Oh, okay. Yeah, know it yeah, well. So I, I, yeah, I, 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 I was doing a beach check. So we were going to go check the wave. That's that's what she thought she was going to do, but uh-huh. yeah, she did something a little bit better, I think. She said yes. Yeah, sneaky, so, I mean, I sneaky. Yeah. <laughs> Real that cool. was pretty impressive. The, the pictures are cool. So awesome. Um, speaking of pictures, so you guys have a pretty awesome book out there, um, the City Surf book, um, and some people that helped you out with that. Could you tell us a little bit about the book and and how it all kind of came into fruition and who helped you with it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I will do my best um, to to share with you the story. This book and this project did predate me and my time here. Um, But so this uh, was a project between uh, Nate Lawrence and Leo Maxim. And um, they were both volunteers in the community. I believe they're friends of of Johnny's. And um, they both run or ran uh, belly magazine um, out of out of Indonesia um, and yeah so Nate Lawrence is the photographer Leo Maxim is uh, did all the copy editing and um, you know they came to us and just wanted to do this project as a way to capture the very um, kind of unique and dynamic surf culture and surf community that is here in San Francisco. Um, and to share stories from, you know, um, Doc Renneker, who is like a really famous surfer in this area to Sachi Cunningham, who is one of my, you know, all time idols. Um, but also to include stories of youth in our program as well. And so, um, yeah, they created this book. Um, it launched the month that I started working with City Surf, so November of 2019. Um, and all of the proceeds from the book came back to support City Surf Project. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really kind of poetic juxtaposition of all of these different stories from people of all kinds of different backgrounds who are connected by the ocean, um, as well as just some really unique uh, photography. Nate Lawrence is an incredible photographer. Actually, these two photos that are behind me are are Nate's as well. Um, And so just pairing, you know, pairing, yeah, images from our city with stories from our city. It's just, it's a really beautiful piece of work. And they were just so generous in putting that project together for us. And uh, yeah, anybody who purchases the book uh, directly supports the program, which is really cool. Awesome. And they can purchase that right from the website, correct? Yeah, and purchase it right from the website. I'll make sure I get a couple books in the in the mail for you guys too, so you can you oh, can have a co- couple Thanks. copies. Yeah, that'd be great. I need a coffee table book. That, it's a good one. It's literally on my coffee table, so it's a good one for that. <laughs> I'll get the book first, then I'll get a coffee table. There you go. I like that. Order of operations. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> so on top of raising funds through the book, you know, via the website, how else do you guys do, raise money for, you know, sustaining the City Surf Project? Um, so we've got a pretty extensive revenue model in that we we have some government grants. Um, we've got some really generous foundation grants, um, but we do a lot of a lot of fundraising on our own. So like a lot of events, we've got um, our Surfathon coming up this June. It's an annual event that supports our summer camps, um, our summer camp programs. So this year we're trying to raise thirty thousand dollars to um, to fully pay for and or highly subsidize 18 um, surfing camp slots, um, surfing camp participants for the summer. 
Um, and then we have another major event um, every fall. So last year it was called Evoke the Stoke. The year before that, it was Sustain the Stoke. Um, and it's just a big, you know, it's a big party, but it's also a big auction. Um, last year we auctioned off a five night stay at the Billabong House um, a- in uh, Hawaii, um, you know, along with lots of artwork from people, you know, artists. We've got a lot of really brilliant artists in our community. Um, so, so things like that. So it's, it's a really kind of diverse revenue model, um, which, you know, is, is great for, for funding. It takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work, um, (laughs) behind the scenes, a lot of grant writing, a lot of report writing, a lot of, you know, um, soliciting and, and big asks. Um, we do our, you know, annual end of year ask in, in December. Um, but we've got an incredible community who is just so supportive of the work that we do. And, and we're really, really thankful for, for all the people who show up in ways big and small. Um, and this past year, you know, we, we started to um, expand our corporate revenue model as well. So we've had some um, great donations from companies like Billabong and Vans and, um, GoPro has always been a huge supporter of ours. So, um, yeah, lots, lots of different, lots of different avenues to chase, chase the money, but, um, it, it helps us to become a more viable and more state sustainable organization in the long run since we've been operating for, I think about six and a half years now. And, um, so lots of growth ahead. Absolutely. And, and Ryan and I spoke and we spoke with you as well before the podcast started about, you know, what we want to do for City Surf Project. So uh, we're going to do our own little East Coast Jersey Surfathon yeah. in August. <laughs> right? So we're going to, our goal would be to obviously raise some money for City Surf Project and also for sure get people surfing on their on their first wave for the first time. But, you know, even if we can, you know, we're going to aim high here. We also like to maybe you know, maybe get somebody down to the beach for the first time. Love that. Yeah, you know, just like you guys do and, and kind of see what that is like to enjoy. Yeah, love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, we we appreciate the support. We appreciate the the vibe. The coast to coast vibe is is something really special. And um, yeah, that timing is great. We have um, kind of an annual event uh, in I think it's going to be August or September of this year called Back to the Beach. You know, since most of our programs revolve around the school year, that timing is really perfect because it gets um, gets our students back to the beach, not back to school. Yes, but back to the beach is way more exciting. So, and the idea that <laughs> that you can go to the beach year round rather than just, you know, in the summertime is, is a big part of what we try and do. So thank you so much. We really appreciate that support. That's awesome. Absolutely. And you mentioned a few minutes ago, you had, there's a lot of big asks involved with trying to raise money and have people part of your organization. And when I originally sent the email to get city surf project on, I had absolutely zero (laughs) episodes published. No one knew who I was. There was no research behind, you know, who I was going to be. Like, can I can I trust this guy to be on their podcast? And Hunter and Johnny were nice enough to just respond and say, "Hey, yeah. like, absolutely, come on. You know, we trust what you're doing." So yeah. I'm very appreciative of that. You know, he was also mindful enough to hook us up together because you're from the East Coast, right? So um, definitely want to thank them a lot for just trusting what we were doing here and and having Ryan and I on. Absolutely. So one thing I do as a coach when it comes to leading my athletes, whether it be in jujitsu or just strength conditioning in general, I always start with asking them, what's your why? It does two things. It's one, it helps 
them create an intention for what they're trying to do and also helps me learn about who they are and how that I, I can inspire them. So Meg, I want to ask you that same question. What's your why when it comes to surfing and your message in regards to City Surf Project? Yeah. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough for many reasons growing up to be able to learn how to surf. You know, I was, I was, um, you know, a young female identified brown skinned surfer in, a, you know, white male dominated surf world. And I was still able to get out there and to surf and to learn how to surf and to connect with the ocean. And I didn't know it when I was that age, but it was a really, really big part of me taking care of myself mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, and, you know, I didn't have the, the representation in surf media and in surf culture, or even in the water that, um, that a lot of kids have now, but there, you know, there's still a lot left to be desired, but there are incredible organizations, including ours, but also including, you know, Brown Girl Surf and Black Girl Surf, Textured Waves, Groundswell, Queer Surf that are, that are out there and diversifying the lineup. And I think that that's really important for all of those reasons above, you know, to increase representation, to um, share the love and the freedom and the joy and the privilege of, of being able to surf and connect with the ocean and connect with community and to see yourself reflected back um, in the faces of surfers around you. So um, yeah, that's my why. And, and because, you know, I think our need, our world needs a lot of help. Our world needs a lot of healing and um, for better or worse, you know, the younger generations have a lot to <laughs> that they'll be inheriting and, and needing to help fix and solve. And, and we as an older generation have to be a part of that change too. And so I think that as somebody who has been really privileged in a lot of ways, um, it's my responsibility to, to share that with others. Yeah, that's great. And you mentioned early on when you were younger, you know, with your neighbors, there were four boys and you didn't really have anybody to look up to for maybe your first 10 years surfing. So I think it's amazing that you're a part of something that is changing that narrative. And I'm certainly inspired by what you're doing and, and how you carry yourself and you know, your willingness to give you know, an outlet to other girls looking up to you. Thank you. Thanks. It's a real honor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, to close up, one thing we always do on each episode is kind of take a little bit of time for gratitude, just like before you guys circle up and, and head out to, you know, catch a few waves. Um, and we always like to ask our guests to do the same thing. And I'll start with myself. I've had a tribe of mentors throughout my life. And, you know, for me, my gratitude is going to be expressed towards my brother today. Um, and that's because there was a point in time where I was going through some pretty rough times and I was calling my brother, you know, for that sounding board and uh, someone to set the example for what I needed to do move, to move forward. And I was really always talking about myself. What did I need to do? What's going on in my life? And he expressed the importance of being a part of something bigger than yourself. And I was able to find a little bit more happiness by being a part of something and joining other efforts and, and helping people that you know, may need it more than me. So 
Uh, shout out to my brother, Ronnie. Uh, you're the man. All right. So that's my gratitude there, Meg, if you want to jump in and, and uh, thank your tribe, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for the opportunity. I just think gratitude is such an important practice. There's um, so many people who are who are worth thanking. I think I'll just start by by thanking both Duke Kahanamaku and Rel Sun, who to me are just you know our surf ancestors. They they helped to spread modern day surfing stoke to to the the modern world and i think it's just really important to to give a nod to them here today um i want to thank you know the the certainly johnny and hunter through city surf project but also the the other women who have helped to lay the foundation for this organization that predated me so um olivia and carolina and and women that i didn't even really get a chance to connect with but that their presence is really felt in our organization um are definitely deserving of some gratitude and then my own personal um kind of recent mentor, uh, Sachi Cunningham, who I have had the pleasure of getting to know more deeply as, as a human and as a colleague um, in the last year and a half. Um, so Sachi is a professional surf photographer. She's a professional photographer um, that has had work, um, you know, in the New York Times and in the LA Times. And, um, you know, she's work on PBS Frontline. She's a film documentarian. She's just an absolute powerhouse of, of a human. And um, she has been really open lately about her, um, her journey through mental health. Um, and that has inspired me to be a lot more open and to, and to do a lot of really important work that I've needed to do um, in, in my own journey through depression and anxiety and um, my journey with medication. And so she just, she inspires me every day. And, you know, she is one of the only human beings that goes out to Mavericks swimming <laughs> on big wave days. I don't know if you guys caught, you know, that this past season was Grant Washburn, who's been surfing Mavericks for 30 years, called it like the season of all seasons, basically, in terms of big waves at Mavericks. And Sachi goes out there and she swims and she takes photos of people surfing big waves out there. And she's just an incredible inspiration, an incredible mama, an incredible um, water woman. And um, yeah, just want to make sure I take a moment to thank her. Absolutely. We all need those people in our lives. And I think sending it out into the world and letting them know how you feel about them. It's extremely important. So thank you for doing that and being vulnerable there. Um, so Ryan, Absolutely. if you want to do the same thing, we'd love to hear, you know, who's helped, who helped shape who you are today, brother. Definitely. Um, you know, for this being my first, uh, co-hosting experience here on, on this podcast and yeah, I've helped with some things behind the scenes. Um, you know, it'd only be right to thank you, Jerry, um, mm -hmm. express gratitude towards you, man. Um, I started my career, you know, outside of this, this stuff, I, I am a coach at the gym with Jerry. Um, and, I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> until Jerry took me under his wing and everything that I know and I am as a coach today um, all started with you, man. So I appreciate everything that you've done for me along the way. And, you know, not only is our friendship built, but, you know, we're 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 way more than that. You know, you're definitely a brother to me and, and just can't wait to get uh, our boots and gloves on because here in New Jersey, it's water still cold. So hoods and all that <laughs> stuff and get back out in the water and, and surf again. And if I can, could I just give one more thank you? I Absolutely, just yeah. Be sure to give a thank you to to all of our program participants because they are the reason why we exist. Yeah. And 
they, uh, you know, they inspire us every day. We've got a couple interns who, um, have come through the program and, and helped me out immensely behind the scenes. And they just getting to know them more deeply and, and their stories and, you know, their, their whys help to, to keep my why moving forward. So just big shout out to them. Yeah. And, and I really want to especially like, thank, I don't know them obviously, but your alumni surf program, the people yeah. that come back and, and help the program is huge. I work a lot with focus athletics in the city of Philadelphia, who we had on the first episode and it's, they got a lot of help and, and they look up to us as coaches, but people that have been through the program before and talk like them, sound like them and come from the same neighborhood as them, you know, it's a little bit more relatable and they really you know, put a little extra like supercharged into the program. So absolutely, uh, thank you guys for uh, giving back to where yeah. you and knowing where you came from there. It's our pleasure. And thank you so much for lifting it up. That was a great episode. I listened to it last night. So, so thank you so much for lifting up all these stories that I think they're really important to hear. So absolutely, thank everybody here. And Anthony, thanks for holding it down behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, he was one of my shout outs on episode one. So I, I'd be, I'd nice. be still, like I said, during our break, I'd be, I'd be rubbing two sticks together still if it wasn't for him you know, with the stuff behind the scenes. Takes a team. That's for sure. Yep. yep. So Meg, thank you again for coming on. My pleasure. Thank you to Johnny and Hunter for trusting me. You know, even though I had zero episode published and <laughs> um, allowing me to spread the word about city surf project. Um, Thanks for the listeners who tune in each week. And if you could, you know, we'd love to have you guys follow us on social media, Altruism Unplugged. Do the same thing for City Surf Project. Subscribe on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We want to thank City Surf Project for living the altruistic lifestyle. And um, if this surf project is something that speaks to you and inspires you, if you're in the Bay Area, go out there and volunteer. Like Meg said, that's what they really need. And of course, um, if you can donate some cash towards organizations, go buy the book and do your thing. Uh, any support will help. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>